Um, I would like to share with you the something you know already very much. It's the love of God for uh, his people, the love of God for Israel. Um, but I would like to share with you different aspect of his love. And he, God always speak about his love for Israel in the most meaningful relationship that we have in our human experience. Like always from a family point of view. And there are several texts, several scripture that are so important to to consider when we think about the love of God for Israel, it's always from family life. Because family life is for life. You have a family for your, your whole life. And that's also a sign of the faithfulness of God, the, the goodness of God who lasts. In, in our um, society, we are used to instant also to temporary, but God is, has a lasting love, even more than lasting, everlasting love. And I think it's kind of nice to go back to these scriptures and to be refreshed in his love for Israel, in his love for, uh, of course, also the Gentiles who are also grafted in uh, in this, with the same inheritance, anyway, for the relationship to God. So I would like to share with you a few scriptures. And um, from uh, Isaiah 54, uh, from verse 5 to um, 5 to 8. So if someone would like to read the scripture, you are very welcome to do so. So Isaiah 54, verse 5 to 8. Who would like to read this scripture? Yes, please. You need to be unmuted. Yes. yes. For your maker is your husband, Adonai Savayot, Lord of hosts is his name. The Holy One of Israel is your redeemer. He will be called God of all the earth. For Adonai has called you back like a wife deserted and grieved in spirit, like a wife of one's youth that is rejected, says your God. For a brief moment I deserted you, but I will regather you with great compassion. In a surge of anger I hid my face from you a moment, but with everlasting kindness I will have compassion on you, says Adonai, your Redeemer. Thank you. This scripture has been given before the exile. Uh, Isaiah received it before the exile, before the time of the destruction of the first temple. And if we think for a while, what has happened to Israel? The temple was destroyed, the exile was on, the exile was on, and then what about the faithfulness of God? What about the love of God? What about the tenderness of God? What about the presence of God? And there is something particular in uh, Israel's story 
that when something happened to Israel, all the nation knows about it. All the nation know about it. Like the destruction of Jerusalem in, in 70, just after uh, Yeshua's death, or like modern history, like the Holocaust, the Shoah. So how can we interpret all these events, all these things that are like so intense, so difficult to grasp? We need to have like a tool for interpretation. We need to interpret these events in the right way. And I think that God on purpose gave this um, prophecy to Isaiah way before it happens. On purpose, he did not give it like one or two years before when the um, <laughs> Babylon, Babylonian troops were there already. No, it was way before. And it's to secure the relationship. It's to make the relationship safe. And of course, for Israel, it was a big comfort to know that, to know that beforehand. But also for the Gentile nations, it's important to know that God has not forsaken Israel. And there is this relationship for Israel to be reassured of God's love and for the nations to know that God has not forsaken his people. So just try to see the feeling of this scripture. It's, it's a marital declaration. Um, your maker is your husband. And I think that in everyone's heart, there is a, a, a desire to have a lifelong relationship with a soulmate. There is a, a desire to, to be married or at least to have a family that lasts. Even for children who have not the, the possibility, the opportunity to be married, they would love their dad and mom to be faithful, to love one another, like a, a time of, like a place of safety, a place of um, comfort. It's like a universal aspiration of the human heart to have a place where love is solid, is not just, just for a season. And so God chose such a passionate love language to convey the intensity of his love for Israel. Your maker is your husband. It's a declaration that is so strong, so personal, so intimate. The creator of all things declare his in covenant relationship with the sons of Israel. Is Israel faithful husband? And of course we have other places in the Bible, so many of those who uh, reminded us, remind us of the, the faithfulness of God. But God used this language to convey the intensity that, of course, he 
he speaks into human language he speaks into our frame of understanding he speaks into what we we can understand we can get god doesn't want israel to misunderstand him no he has not forsaken her his love is everlasting and we can see in the scripture that it says for a brief moment i forsook you with but with great compassion i will gather you it's like the season in our life where we experience the discipline of god we get really scared i i don't know your experience but i have seen many people and in my own life when god ex exercise his discipline on our life it's scary it's really scary and when god has exercised his discipline on israel it was really a scary experience but god wants to carry this message and convey this message it's a season it's not forever and he said but with everlasting love i will have compassion on you and we know very well how this word everlasting is so important in all the replacement theology that we have to face It's again the, the same, but in a very different relationship, is mother with baby. Uh, the relationship husband and wife is a very strong one. It's a covenantal one. The relationship between mother and baby is like, it's not a covenant, it's blood. And it's a very strong relationship. And it's a relationship for life. The, the relationship just ends when one of the two die. But until death departs or parts the two, the relationship is there forever. Like there is no, no way we can be unmothered or we can be unbabied. I don't know if this term exists, but. Uh, a baby is always the baby of uh, the, the mother and a mother is always a mother we can do many many things but it's for life our mother stay our mother and the son or the, the daughter of a, a lady will be always is <laughs> uh, it's for life it's it's not temporary and again the question of being forsaken of being left of being forgotten come back can a woman forget her child she can have no compassion on the son of her womb even if these may forget that is almost impossible 
I will not forget you. Behold, I have graven you on the palm of my hand. Your walls are continually before me. Of course, this speaks about Jerusalem, Zion. The walls of Zion, the walls of Jerusalem are continually before the Lord. And it's again, the continuity is underlined. It's not for a season, it's not for a time. God expressed that he will never, he has never uh, changed love towards Jerusalem. It's one of the most powerful emotions, feeling of the human heart. A mother can never forget her child. She cannot be indifferent to her hungry, weeping child. And even if a mother forgets, doesn't care for the son of her womb, God will never forget or forsake Zion. He loves her with tenderness and attention as a loving mother. And I think all this uh, language taken from our most meaningful relationship in life are there for a reason. God's want to convey that we are part of his family. Israel is part of his family and the nations afterwards, of course, too, grafted in the promises of God. God has graven his uh, beloved Zion, his beloved Jerusalem on the palm of his hand. And by extension, of course, it's also for, true for Israel. And this declaration takes all his, its meaning, the fullest, the full extent of his meaning, when we consider the pierced hand of the Messiah at Golgotha. Like it's there, he said, I have graven you on my, the palm of my hands. I have inscribed you. And of course, we know that it was preparing the coming of Messiah, where his love brought him to have pierced hands and the scares, the scars in his hands forever, even in his resurrected body. The walls of Jerusalem are continually before God. Israel is at the center of his attention and care. And fingerprints and palm line are unique to each person. They can be used to identify someone with accuracy. You know, we have this small device on our computer or phone. We can put the, the finger, fingerprint and our device opens. It means that they are related. God and Zion are related so deeply that God is known because of his love for Jerusalem. His love for Jerusalem described who he is and revealed his identity. As we can see in his hands, his, the intensity of his love, and it will never change. You cannot change your palm lines, your fingerprints. God engraved Israel on the palm of his hands. And we can say God and Israel are indissociable. So I would like to share with you one, one more uh, of this scripture. And afterwards, we will spend a little time to pray. 
So if someone would like to read from Deuteronomy 1, verse 30 to 33. Um, someone, Deuteronomy 1, 30 to 33. I can read that. Thank you very much. Deuteronomy 1, 30 to 33. Yes. From the NIV, it says, The Lord your God who is going before you will fight for you as he did for you in Egypt before your very eyes. And in the wilderness, there you saw how the Lord your God carried you as a father carries his son all the way you went until you reached this place. In spite of this, you did not trust in the Lord your God who went ahead of you on your journey in fire by night and in a cloud by day to search out places for you to come and to show you the way we should go. Amen. Amen. There we see the relationship with, between a father and a son. It's also a very strong relationship. Uh, I think there are so many things going on between a father and a son. There are identification, there are trans transfer of identity. There are so many things going on. And if you are a father, you know that. If you have a son, you know that. And if you are, if you have, if you are a son, you know also the relationship with your father. So we, we, look at, we looked at the relationship husband and wife mother and baby and now father and son and the message is always the same it's just different languages that god used to share to convey his love for israel he said i will fight for you according to all what uh, he did in egypt god will fight <laughs> God will fight for Israel. And I think that's so important. And he will carry Israel. Like a good father is carrying his young son. God leads the way. He will show the way. He will lead his people. He is not sending his children wandering helplessly in the desert of life. God provides orientation and direction to his family. He fights for his children. Acting like a father, as a father, he does not let them defenseless. He watches that no one will prey on them. He carries his first son on his shoulder when he has no more strength to walk in the wilderness. He bears the weakness of his people. God goes before Israel to search out for a place to pitch their tents. He goes ahead and prepare a place of rest and safety. He displays his fatherly care in every possible way toward Israel. And doing this, he reveals his emotions. God is so near to Israel. He walks with her and share her existence and circumstances as father and son share the same life, the same place of living. As a father, God is neither distant nor indifferent. He is the exact opposite of an absent father. 
God is actively involved in Israel's life's journey, and he continually brings positive and helpful inputs. So God revealed his heart towards Israel in different languages that are in this um, different relationships that are so meaningful for us. And I would like to emphasize once again that all these relationships are for life, for our whole life. Father and son cannot be separated except by, by death of one or the other. Husband and wife in the plan of God are united and God said that we have not to separate what he has united. Of course, we know in many different cases and painful cases, we know the reality of divorce, but baby and mother are not separated, are not, uh, it's long lasting relationship, faithful relationship, very faithful relationship. That is the, the type of relationship we have for our whole life. And I think this everlasting love, and specifically this family uh, examples, are so significant in our relationship with God and the relationship of God with Israel. The, we can say that God has prepared the, the ground for the return of his son. We know Yeshua will come back for the wedding supper of the Lamb. He will come back as a bridegroom in the parable of the ten virgins. And he's saying to Israel, I am your husband. I am your maker. I am your husband. And we can see something like a place of unity for the people coming from um, the ground, the, the background of Isaiah's prophecy to where God is leading the whole thing, the return of Messiah. There is a place of unity. Your husband is your maker and we are waiting our bridegroom as the bride of Messiah. So if I have one or two more minutes, I will just pray, if that's okay. Father, I pray that you will speak these words of tenderness, these words of faithfulness, these words of comfort to your people. Father, I pray as they have been so shaken along the centuries. And for some of them, or many of, of them, they are uncertain of your love. They are uncertain of your faithfulness. They, they have this doubt. And Father, we pray, would you reveal yourself? Would you reveal your heart? to the people of Israel, to the sons of Israel. Father, we pray that you will come to them after their traumatic experience, so many of those. 
And Father, I pray also for the Gentiles that they will realize that they cannot question your faithfulness. They cannot question your faithfulness toward Israel. They cannot. Father, we pray for a revelation of your faithfulness to Israel and the revelation of your faithfulness towards Israel to the Gentiles. Father, we pray that the church will wake up to the reality that you are a faithful God, that you keep your covenant, that when you say, you declare your love, you are the one who keep your word. You keep your faithfulness, you keep your covenant. And you are not, not like one of us who say something and maybe do something else. Father, we pray that your character, your personality will be unveiled, will be revealed to the Jewish people and to the believers in the nation in the name of Yeshua.